So we are on week two of a little mini-series on gratitude. Um, hope you enjoyed last week. And uh, it's just important to be reminded regularly of how grateful we should be. And one of the things that we spoke about last week is that I, I think we just forget sometimes. And we just forget how grateful we should be and how blessed we actually are. And sometimes we just need to remind ourselves. And even this morning as we were praying together as a team with all the volunteers here, um, I was just saying, you know, we, we could just be grateful for the fact that we didn't have to walk 20 kilometers to get to church today. Like, we forget about that. You know, we, we probably sound ungrateful when we worry about a parking, you know, and, and how far we had to park from church. So this series is all about just helping us um, be grateful and more grateful. And the, the, the main verse that we used last week, um, which spoke about giving thanks in all situations, all times, I, I want to read the, the, the verses prior to that. Um, so it's on purpose that it's done this way around because so often we can just take out a verse in isolation, but I want to read a little around it so that you understand the context of this particular passage, and I want to pick up on a few things from that today. So our verse is 1 Thessalonians 5.12, and uh, as you turn there, you're welcome to obviously bring your Bibles to church. You might have your YouVersion Bible app, otherwise it will be up there on the screens. So 1 Thessalonians 5-12, to 12, uh, sorry, chapter 5.12-22, to 22, and it says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They, will, they work hard among you and give your spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. Um, and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. I'm going to come back to that in a moment and what that actually means. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. That's the little piece that we pulled out last week. Um, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It's actually God's will for you to be thankful, to be grateful. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. So that's the context of the passage that we looked at last week. If you weren't here last week, you can obviously always catch up on the messages on our YouTube channel. They, they will be there and we always just upload, um, we leave the service up for a few days and then we just upload the preach a couple days later. So for me personally, just reading that, I'll start by saying that I'm grateful for this church. You know, the, the front part of this scripture, you probably thought, oh, you got some hidden agendas here, Hilton. You know, honor those and, uh, you know, that work for the Lord and give you spiritual guidance. But I, I am really grateful to be part of a church that gets that, respects that. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of churches around the world that on the outside speak that, you know, they even like, hey, pastor this, pastor that. We, we're not really into titles. My name's Hilton. You can call me Pastor Hilton. But honestly, we're not really about that. But we do really appreciate the people of this church that get what this church is about, what we're trying to do. So I'm, I'm just grateful to, to all of you and just wanted to thank all of you um, just for your uh, constant support. And it's not about our vision, but it's about what God is doing in and through this church. So we're grateful to every single one of you guys that you choose to make this your home, your spiritual home. We wouldn't be able to be spiritual leaders or overseers or whatever you want to call it um, if you weren't here. We would just be talking to some empty chairs today. So we're grateful that you call this place your spiritual home. And so that's just something I'm grateful for in, in reading that. And obviously, 
as you read that scripture, you know, there, there's, a, there's this two-way thing. You know, there is a respect and an honor, which we so appreciate, but we have mutual respect and honor for all of you as well. That's why we do what we do. We love people. We want to help people. But ministry can be hard, and I do hear of many pastors that really struggle with their congregations. Like, it's this constant effort. Um, I don't have time to show today, but if you go to YouTube and you just type in honest preacher, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but uh, this preacher gets up there, and as he stands up, he looks at the congregation, which is looking very thin, and he just drops his head, and he goes, oh... And then he looks at Dan. He goes, Dan, you're the worst. <laughs> and he starts like pulling out these people, you know. And then he says, here's the word of the Lord. And he opens the Bible and he says, stop it. Here ends the word of the Lord. And he walks off because these, this congregation is just disobedient and doing whatever they want. Go type honest preacher and you can have a look at that. But I do hear of many pastors that take a lot of strain because they find their, their people just incredibly challenging. Now, I know all of us have challenges and issues. And I think being a pastor is probably one of the most challenging jobs in the world, but it's also the most rewarding. And, uh, but I'm grateful that we have an incredible church um, you know, that we can pastor. So it says, always be joyful, love each other. And aren't you grateful for this church family? I know many of you guys have found a spiritual home here, but not only that, you found friends here. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't need to ask for a show of hands, but many of you would be able to testify to the fact that you've met some incredible people here that you become lifelong friends with, those that are part of our life groups. And just a reminder, we really want to, we're going to continue to grow those and we need more leaders in those spaces as well. But we're excited about that because that's where real community is formed. Um, but there, there's lifelong friendships that have been formed here as you live life and do life together and understand each other's struggles and needs and desires. I just think it's powerful. So that's God's family. But I want to maybe help stir our gratitude a little more this morning and not just talking specifically about our church, but maybe just more pointed at us today. And I'm speaking to myself here. Uh, I mentioned a few of these at our leaders meeting this morning, but maybe we could be grateful uh, for clothes that fit us a little tightly today because that means we're able to eat. Seriously, you know how often we just complain? We're like, oh, I can't wear this, I can't wear that, I can't wear that, this is tight. But maybe we could just be grateful for that. Maybe we could be grateful for a home that we get back to after the service that is a mess. I know Jin hates Sundays, you know, because it's like crazy the weekend and there's a mess all over the place. But maybe we could be grateful because that means we were able to maybe perhaps entertain people yesterday for a bribe or have people around or, or just the fact that we've got a home. Maybe we can be grateful that tomorrow is happening because we have freedom of speech in our country. I don't know. There's some countries where that wouldn't even be tolerated or even allowed. I know there's some, a sense of nervousness around tomorrow, but let's just trust God's hand over it and believe that everything is going to be okay. But we can be grateful that we live in a country that, where there is freedom of speech. Maybe we can be grateful that um, we've submitted our tax returns and maybe, I don't know if you've got your thing where you have to pay in money and all sorts. Maybe we could be grateful because we have a job and we have to pay tax because we've got a job. Maybe we can be grateful when we get home and see the grass is a little longer and needs some cutting because there's been a lot of rain recently and a lot of sunshine. Maybe we can be grateful this morning, yes, that there's no load shedding, I'm grateful for that, but just the fact that we have electricity. There are many places and communities around the world where they still use candles and don't have electricity. Scotty, remember that mission? We went to Lesudi, we went out to that mountain, mountainous little village. No electricity, no running water. And I had a blow-up mattress with a hole in it. So I slept on the concrete floor. It was freezing. 
But I'm grateful that, yes, we've got low shedding, but we've also got electricity. I know I'm frustrating a lot of you today, but you can, oh, but, 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 but. I'm just saying maybe we could be grateful that we have electricity when we do. Maybe we could be grateful today that you had a parking spot that was far from the church and that you had to park down there or down that side because you got a car this morning. And yes, maybe you had to walk, walk a little further or whatever, but aren't, aren't we grateful as well for a church that is full? Maybe you're grateful for the person singing behind you nice and loudly off key. Because <laughs> that means that you can hear. Scotty just looked at Edgar. <laughs> but it means we can hear. There's so much to be grateful. If we just take a moment to be real, there is so much to be grateful for. The Bible says, be thankful, be grateful in all circumstances. It can be challenging to be grateful. I think there's many reasons. But I want to look today at a couple barriers that keep us from being truly grateful. And uh, there's, there's probably many, but I want to give you three today. And, and, and Paul says, and I said I'd come back to it. He says, brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. I actually did a little look up around this word. That, that word lazy is actually unruly. So it's so much more than what we think it means, just to be lazy, just to do nothing. But it actually means unruly when you're not disciplined. You, your, your life is out of order. Uh, it's actually, the Greek word is a negative of the word tasso, which means to ordain or to appoint or to order something in your life. So that word lazy is the negative of that. Does it ma that makes sense. A lot of the, the Greek, they would have that. They would have what it means and then the negative of what it doesn't mean. And I think for all of us, we just get things a little out of order. And hence my challenge to you today with can't we be grateful because? Because our order is not right. We moan about load shedding. Yes, legitimately, it's okay to be frustrated about some of the structures in our country. But perhaps sometimes it's a little out of order. And we just need some reminding to be grateful. Just to tell you, so pastors are, are there to frustrate us a little bit, okay? So I'm, I'm also speaking to myself because I can so easily get this wrong, okay? So if you feel a little bit agitated already and your seat's warming up, that's a good thing, okay? Because I'm trying to motivate us to change. And I believe if we can change our perspective on some of these things, our lives could look different. The trajectory of our life could be completely different. So I get things out of order in my life, and, and I just want to give you three that I think a lot of us can relate to today. And the first is this. We, and I've said we because it's all of us, have a tendency to critique, okay? I'm, I'm quite a high details person, so like I'll notice, you can ask my team, I notice when things are skew out of place, so this is purposely just to the right, just so you know, so that I'm standing in the middle, so it's on, on the camera. I was actually, when I was watching the services online when we were in America, I was saying, why is the one camera on the right, uh, it, the lines aren't straight? And they were explaining to me, the one on that side is slightly off-center, because it needs to be, and that's why the, the, the lines aren't straight. And are you saying, what are you on about? Like, I'm just like that. I just pick up on things like that and some of these things can be a good thing but also it can be a negative thing I'll notice if I don't know like these two things are frustrating me right now and I actually didn't say anything on purpose team but remember I said in the week we need to move these things
There we go. So now the stream will look better without a mic stand standing about. Rich is giving me a thumbs up. He's like, yes. Does it look better on the stream now? Part of the feedback that we're going to discuss this week. Okay, yeah. So now, so you're saying, well, this is ridiculous. Like, honestly, does this have any difference on the fact if God's going to move or not? No. But certain people are wired certain ways. And I, for me personally, I just want to give my God, God my best. You know, so when we, whether we're writing songs or whether I'm doing a message, um, you can see my notes. They're all there. If I just came up here and said, yeah, I'm just going to wing it a bit, eh? Um, got a scripture or two. I don't know where this is going. How would you feel? We want to give God our best. But one of the things that can be a negative is that we have a tendency to critique. And the challenge is then that we can often see a, a world through the eyes of what needs to be fixed instead of what's right and what we can be grateful for. There's a lot of broken things in the world, but there's a lot of things that are just so beautiful. It's the ongoing issue of the challenges that we face across the world with, our, you know, around the world when it comes to race and gender and all these things there, media loves to focus in on all the negatives, but there's so many things that are good. It frustrates me when people, you know, try to, uh, you know, put South Africa in a box that it's this racist country. Yes, it's there. But man, if you look around this room today, it's beautiful. You know, there, there is a mix. And I, I mean, just, I have the most beautifully diverse friendships. Some of my best friends are black African people. And I just think that's amazing. You know, I, I love the Zulu language. I really do. I wish I could get better. But Yazama, Kulumen Bichan, not as much as my dad. Um, but there's so many things that are right with this country. But we focus on just the things that are negative. And maybe you grew up in a, a negative environment. You know, maybe your family was negative, And then often our responses are negative give you a practical example. When someone asks you, maybe even today, how did you sleep last night? Sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know. I got up twice in the night to go to the toilet. Well, maybe just be grateful you woke up in a dry bed. I don't know. You know? <laughs> this is a side note. When I was a kid, I, I had a bit of a problem with that. So my mom, like, I used to have to, I remember I had this, like, a, this, uh, these alarm things that you put on me. Like, so as I was going to start, like, wetting my bed, rah, the alarm goes off and mom jumped up. And anyway. <laughs> do they even still do that today? I'm sure that's torture. It's, like, hooked up with wires. Are you kidding? I mean, I was 13 at the time, but no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. But critique as opposed to gratitude. I think we're really blessed with incredible restaurants in, in KZN or in South Africa. But it's funny how we often just critique all the things that are wrong instead of the things that are right. Philippians 4.8 says this, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I think it's trying to teach us something there. If we think too much about the negative things, it's okay in a business or an organization to look at some of the things that aren't working. I and mean, we talk about it in our feedback. You know, we want to just make it better. But let's spend more time talking about what God did, what God is doing, or what God's doing in my family or my business. I just think it's helpful. Think on those things. I don't know if you've heard of the acronym ANTS, which is Automatic Neg Negative Thoughts. 
And we, we have automatic negative thoughts. Some of us really struggle with this. We have that downward spiral. Uh, our brain creates neuro pathways of certain thought patterns. And when we go down a, a familiar road too much, it's, it, just, it just begins to spiral. But one of the things I want to encourage you to do, and if we're all honest, we've all done this with ants before. What do we do with ants? We just squash them. We torture them. Like we just, I don't know, why, why do we do that? Or some of you saying, I've never done that before. If you've never squashed an ant before, well done. But like, I, I, I was playing tennis the one time and an ant was crawling across me. So I took the tennis ball and I was trying to like <laughs> squash it because it was putting me off. Okay. Is it just me? But we need to squash the negative thoughts. Please don't go around squashing ants. I'm just using this example. But maybe even today you're like, oh, that song, I don't like that one. Or that one was too long. Or that one was too short. The service is long. Or the service is too short. Or we don't do this or we don't do that. Let's, let's just squash those negative thoughts. Uh, I read this quote. It says, the world has enough beautiful mountains and meadows, spectacular skies and serene lakes. It has enough lush forest flowered fields and sandy beaches. It has plenty of stars and the promise of a new sunrise and a sunset every day. What the world needs more of is people to appreciate and enjoy it. There's so much. Let's see it and let's thank God. Don't let the barrier of criticism keep you from seeing all the things that you can be grateful for. Okay, you ready for the next barrier of having a grateful heart? I think two is we have a tendency to want a tendency to want. We all want something. It's different to need. And even sometimes the need can be quite blurred because they probably are often wants. And we don't have to be materialistic to even hit this specific barrier. I think our society places this one in front of us every single day. I mean, what is every advert we ever see anywhere all about? It's this constant marketing to what is next, what we need next. And I think if we're honest, for those of us who have maybe lived, let's say 30, 40 years up, if you look back 20 years, so 20 years ago, think of where you were and where you are today. I would say 98, well, it could be 99, 98, I don't know, percent of us will go, wow, I'm so much further than I thought I would ever be. Think back to when you were first, I don't know, renting a little garden cottage or uh, whatever. Maybe you were still living at home or whatever. But if you have a place that you call your own or you have a car, you've come a long way. And we are so blessed. We've got so much. And if we just have to look back to remind ourselves how far we've actually come, I think most of us would say we've surpassed that point of like, one day when I have this, or one day if I have that. Just the fact that some of you maybe are in a relationship or married is a blessing. Because think back to school days when you were like, oh, I wish I could you know, have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or get married. Um, I just think we need to remind ourselves. Because when we remind ourselves of that, maybe we'd be a little bit more grateful for what we have today. And when we look ahead too much, we often miss all the blessings of today. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. He gives us all that we need, not all that we want. God has given us everything for today. 
And be careful that you don't work so hard trying to get what's next, but then you miss all the opportunities of just being grateful for today. Here's another quote. He is a wise man who does not grieve for the things which he has not, but rejoices for those which he has. So we have a tendency to critique, a tendency to want, and here's one more that keeps us from having a grateful heart, is we have a tendency to expect. We don't verbalize this often. I think we internalize it. But we often have this perspective that the world was created to serve me. I mentioned a little bit earlier in the offering message. And when it doesn't serve me correctly, I think that's when we become ungrateful. We feel like this world and what we live in, it's, it's, it's all about us. We put ourselves in the center. An unhealthy expectation leads to disappointment every single time. Unhealthy expectation leads to disappointment every time. 2 Timothy 3 says this. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. And I just think it's moments like these and just being in environments like this that help us understand what is sacred. And for us, we, we lose perspective a lot of time. And that's why this today could be challenging because I think we are in the last days and they're difficult times and we just need to be reminded. We need to realize how blessed we are. And we need to remember and realize how we actually got there. Here's another quote of how we got there. No one who achieves success does so without the help of others. The wise and confident acknowledge this help with gratitude. When we want to make the world all about ourselves, just remember how many people along the way have nudged you and helped you. And a reminder of that verse last week, it says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Take every opportunity. It's God's will for you to be grateful. And in uh, last week when we looked at that specific verse, in the, I think we looked at the American Standard Version, it says, you know, be thankful, which is give thanks. It's something that we've got to do. Gratitude isn't just a feeling, remember? It's an action. And, and grateful people or thankful people actually show it. It's a doing word. And all circumstances, when we unpack that, meant all circumstances. <laughs> okay, it's all the time. But what I want to do today, because we've looked at three barriers, I want to help us see an amazing example of what it means to be grateful. And I think there's so much in this. It's, it's such a powerful story. And someone who was thankful and actually showed it. And my hope today is that this would help us understand what gratitude looks like, and if you've lost the ability to be grateful all the time in all circumstances, I really hope this will shift your perspective today. Okay, are you ready? So this is Luke 7 uh, from verse 36. I'm going to read the whole story. Um, it's not too long, but I just want to read it, and you can follow it along on the screen there. Um, you may be familiar with this. It's a pretty powerful story. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she bought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell 
on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, he didn't say it out loud, but he said it to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know the kind of woman who is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. I love it. <laughs> when Jesus, imagine being in his presence and you're just thinking something. He's like, listen, yeah, Pearl, stop thinking that. <laughs> imagine I could just look out here today and just say, Stop thinking that or, you know, because maybe you are thinking something about me right now. I don't know. It'd be amazing. So Jesus answered his thoughts. This is incredible. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. I mean, he must have got the fight of his life. <laughs> Go ahead, teacher, all confident. Like, hey, what's up? Simon replied, then Jesus told him the story. Jesus often spoke in stories, stories or he, he gave answers with questions. He, he was an absolute genius. I've just finished reading a book called The Genius of Jesus, written by Owen McManus. And that was part of his genius, the way that he asked questions. And it's taught me a lot, actually. And so often, if you want to help someone, ask questions. Uh, I think it's one of the, the tips that counselors use all the time. Instead of just giving answers, ask questions. Even in our alpha groups, the idea is to say, that's an interesting thought. What do you think about this? And you ask questions, let it come out from people. So Jesus then told him the story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. I alluded to the story last week. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, just in case you forgot, it's actually your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. That was custom of those days. They would actually take their feet off and, uh, at the door and they would wash their feet there because take their feet off the door, take the, the sandals off at the door, <laughs> take their feet off, <laughs> ah. crawl in, um, but because they were walking obviously dusty roads and they would have sandals, and it says here, uh, well I've lost my place now because I'm cutting my feet off here, um, she says here, to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair, you didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven, and she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only a little love. And then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? Because only God can forgive sins. Remember, and they, they didn't know that he was yet God. And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Interesting, because remember last week I spoke about that word, how it's been made whole to, to, to the man that, that was the leper that was healed. Go in peace. Two stories here. The main story at this dinner table was about three individuals. And then Jesus tells the story within a story. So the main story has Jesus, the Pharisee who was the religious person, his name was Simon, and he was really well versed in what was right and wrong. And then there's the sinful woman, and who we now clearly know, says, and her sins were many. 
And in this story, we see the sinful woman super grateful and showing it to Jesus. And Simon is put off by this. He's frustrated by this. He's asking questions internally and he's judging this woman. And in the story within the story, you've got two debts that were forgiven. The one with the larger debt being canceled, being more grateful than the other guy who had a smaller debt. But I think we can read a story like that and immediately we start to identify with characters. And often we think, well, maybe the woman is a story of 500 pieces of silver. You know, she's forgiven much. And Simon, potentially, the one with 50. The truth in the story for all of us today is that we all forgiven much. And potentially, it was the Pharisee. Because often we identify with each one, or we think maybe the Pharisee was the one of, you know, 50. But Jesus was always challenging the religious. They were actually in greater wrong. They were more sinful in many ways, because on the outside, they had it all together. But on the inside, the Bible says that their, their bowl, their cup was unclean. And if I were going to give you a bottle of water, if it was dirty on the outside, you'd possibly still drink the water. But if it was muddy water inside, clean on the outside, you wouldn't drink it. The truth of the story is that we are all forgiven a large debt. The sinful woman just recognized that, and the Pharisee didn't. And we start to judge situations and people, and we start to think about who are we in that particular story. But one thing that we need to understand is Romans says that we all sin. It's, it's crazy how we often justify actions, or I'm not as bad as, or that person really needs God, or we, we all do that, don't we? I mean, for those of you who are married as well, like, have you ever referenced that? Well, I, I, I'm not like that person, or, uh, you know, even in business, you maybe done something wrong, yeah, but it's not as bad as that person who, who stole, or, you know, I read this, I can't even know, it was a podcast or something, that every single person in this room today has stolen at some point. Maybe not rob someone and taken their money, but we've all stolen something. You've all taken something at some point in your life that was not yours. Whether it's a, a little sweet <laughs> or a sucker when you were a kid. Because the Bible says that we, we are born sinners. You never have to teach a child to do something wrong. They bite, pinch, scratch <laughs> right from birth. You know, they just, I mean, we look at a little bit, oh, sweet, it's so cute and so innocent. I mean, they are, but man, those things, we, we, I mean, we're born evil. <laughs> they keep you up at night. Right from young, I remember having to teach our kids to make the right choices. We're still trying to teach them to make the right choices. But you never have to teach a child to do something wrong. Okay, yes, to certain degrees of things, perhaps, you know, some of that is taught and indoctrinated and trained. You know, you think of the child soldiers, you know, in Uganda and all that, but, um, uh, so the, yeah, but we're all sinners. We all fall short of God's glory. And our perspective of who we were, and if you're saved and are a Christian now, or who we are now determines the level of our gratitude. And if I live from this perspective, I think we can't help 
but be like the woman and the response that she gave to Jesus. Imagine a response and a gratitude to God that other people despise and can't understand. And maybe you get a little bit of flack of even coming to a church like this. That's a good thing. I want to be a person of great gratitude. And I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves, and even for those in the room today, perhaps you grew up in a Christian home, um, and because of that, you've maybe always been a Christian or always thought you were a Christian. And because of that, you think yourself more highly than you ought, the Bible speaks about, than others. And you look at someone maybe who's, I don't know, been in rehab, the, you know, the typical type of you know, big sins, or someone who's in prostitution, or someone who's been in jail, or someone who's really bad, and we go, well, I'm not like that. But I think sometimes you need to understand that you are also forgiven much. I don't think any of us would stay after the service if I said that we're going to put up on the screen every thought you had this past week. I think there'll be a mass exodus. There'll actually be a, a, like a, a, a running out. Each name, each thought that you had. None of us would be here because we all need God. We all fall short. And I think as well, we need to remember what we say from. Because if it wasn't for God in our life, it, if it wasn't for the fact that you knew God growing up, where would you be today? I don't know where I'd be. It'd be a mess. To become a person of gratitude, count your blessings. But to remain a person of gratitude, make your blessings count. What are you going to do with the gratitude that you have and the blessings that you have? Gratitude is not just a feeling, it's an expression. And I'm going to kind of uh, wrap up with three things if you want to be a person of gratitude, three things out of the story quickly is, one is I will give. And this is going to be a, an adding on sentence of three things. I will give. And if you look back in that story, she says, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. She wasn't even invited to this door, but the doors were open and she came in. She knew who Jesus was and she was grateful. Grateful to a point where she didn't have just good intentions, but there were actions. She knew the gift that Jesus was. And just something really practical, the, every gift that you wrapped at Christmas this past year, where are those gifts? Are they still sitting under the tree? No, you gave every single one of those away. Gratitude is a gift, and we have to give it away. We have, it, it's a doing word. We, it, it's ungratefulness is, is receiving a gift and, and not letting it go. Feeling gratitude is, is not expressing it. It's like wrapping a present and not giving it away. And Paul writes this concerning giving and giving thanks. He says, for if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. It's all relative. Every single one of us in this room today should have a readiness to be grateful for what we have. Others have a lot materialistically, we could judge that, and we think they should be more grateful. But all of us should have a heart of gratitude, regardless of how much we have. And just quick three ways to, to give thanks. I think first we should be telling God, we should be praying, we should, uh, you know, whenever we pray, we should give thanks 
to God first. And, you know, we did that in our prayer series. You know, not just ask for things. If you're driving the car, just thank you, God. Just, just begin to speak out these things. Then we should tell, tell ourselves that we're thankful. I think we need to remind ourselves, and even today, hopefully as a reminder of we're thankful, and I, and I started the message like that. And I don't know, for some of you guys like to journal and write things down, maybe make a note of some of the things you're thankful for now and maybe look back in 10 years' time. But I think it's also important to tell someone else. Someone doesn't have to do something for you right then and there for you to be thankful, but we can just express it all the time. I would love you today, just... This thing dropped down. I'd love for you today just to be grateful and thankful to people around you. Um, send a message. Speak it out. It's sad how often we think something but don't say it. So I will give. And then I think what's important is I will give extravagantly. If you look at Luke 7, it says, Jesus says, you didn't even greet me with a kiss. And that was customary of the day, by the way. It, was, it would be like me walking past any of you earlier or to, after the service and not greeting you or giving you a hug or shaking your hand or fist pumping since COVID. <laughs> it was rude. He says, you didn't even greet me with a kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. She wasn't worried about what she looked like. She was grateful and more concerned about how Jesus felt. It's not just a giving, but it's an extravagant giving. And I think we know a little bit what it means to be extravagant. And just to remind us of that, the fact that we're sitting in a facility like this today is extravagant. In a, there's air conditioning. That's extravagant. There's many people meeting in church today outside in the heat. The fact that you came here in a car today potentially is extravagant. Do we know an extravagant way to give? Truly give grateful people count their blessings and make their blessings count. Jesus says this, and it's so important when we are being extravagant with our gratefulness is to include others. And Jesus says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I've loved you and you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We are we, we're to prove to the world how much we are grateful to other people and how much we love other people. And I love this church because it's one of the things that people mention when they come here is they just feel the love. Let's continue with that. So we give, we give and then we give extravagantly. And as a person of gratitude, the last thing is this, and I think this is so important, is I will give extravagantly to God. In that passage, it says, you neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. It was costly. It actually cost her something. I tell you, her sins, I know there are many have been forgiven, and she has shown much love. Not a little bit of love or just love. There's a, it's very specific, that word there. It's much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. And... What type of person do you want to be today? Someone who shows much love to God that is super grateful, not just grateful? Because I think if we're not careful and why we've added the word God there is we could just be grouped with a whole bunch of people in this world that are grateful. I mean, it's, it's a good principle, right? Just to be grateful, to be grateful for what we have. There's many non-Christians or people that believe in other gods that are grateful. Funny enough, some of them are more grateful than Christians. Sometimes Christians are more miserable. I just find that quite bizarre. So yes, we need to be grateful, but I believe we need to be eternally grateful, have an eternal perspective. Because if you're not seeing it this side of heaven, 
I think it can be a negative thing that we're not eternally grateful for God. Because when we pass from this life to the next, we're gonna be accountable. And how many people did we bring along the journey with us? Part of being grateful is saying, God, thank you for what you've done to me, but I, I, want to, I want to tell as many people as I can about your love and your kindness and your gratefulness shown towards me. I want to bring people along the journey. 2 Corinthians 9 says, you'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God through us will produce thanksgiving to God. It has to be centered to God. And I believe that our gratitude is tied to our giving, not only in financial resource, but in how we live our lives. And our giving should be a tied to eternity. Because I've been thinking about it a lot recently. Um, we, we started a ministry called Open Hands. And we're helping feed people and clothe people and upskill people and excited to see where that goes. But I think it would be a, and I, I'm not saying it would be a waste just because we do that, but I think it would be a waste eternally if we don't give them the true food, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because there will always be people that struggle this side of eternity. But one day we will be made whole. Even if you're struggling here today and you're feeling like I don't have a lot to be grateful for, one day you will be made whole. We have to be extravagant to God, point people to God, point our lives to God. Why would God want us to help keep bellies full and warm without giving them the good news of Jesus Christ? So when we give thanks, we give, but we give extravagantly and we give to God. And my hope is as we finish up this two-week series on gratitude that would have just shifted some of us, nudged us a bit, given us perspective. Tell yourself, tell others, tell God that you're grateful. Open up your life, open up your homes, open up your resource, your time, your talents, and just give. Give, give your lives away and point people to Jesus. That's my encouragement to you today. Amen. What we're gonna do now as we end the service, I think it's fitting uh, to be grateful to God. And one of the ways that we're grateful to Him is there was this idea that Jesus gave us, which is to have a meal together. Now we don't have a whole full on meal, but we, we take communion, which is a reminder of why we, sh we started or can be grateful anyway. And that is what Jesus did for us on the cross. And as we start the build towards Easter, I really hope it's gonna be significant for us. We're gonna start a series called The Three Nails over the next three weeks. But what I thought we would do now, and then um, we've reintroduced communion, uh, you know, with the upfront here. Um, and then once a month, we'll probably be more intentional around just speaking into what that means. But I wanna remind us quickly what this means for us today. And uh, Mark 14, 22 says this, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take it for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. So as we take this today, it confirms the covenant that God made for us. It confirms the covenant that 
we're forgiven, that we're set free. We'd, uh, for those of you doing the one-year Bible with us, we, we, we had to read a whole bunch of things that people had to do, you know, to earn uh, or to, to, to try and reach God. But aren't we grateful for Jesus? It's confirming the covenant as we take this today, that we're set free, that we, we are sinners saved by grace. We can all be grateful for that today, right? So let me pray, and then the band are going to just end with a chorus of a song, and then we're going to just take communion and then head on out. Is that okay? So let's just pray. Father, we thank you so much um, for this series that has just helped us understand what it means to be grateful. And um, I just pray the heart of it would have just come across to all of us here today. And Lord, we need to be reminded many times of what it means to be grateful. And there's just so much that we can be grateful for. I don't know, even just take a moment now, because as you've been challenged by this word today and last week, uh, you're like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Or, yeah, I haven't really been grateful. I, I just think sometimes we miss it. Then we walk outside, have a coffee, get talk to a friend, and then we just don't actually come back to it. Why don't you take a moment right now and just tell God what you're grateful for? Maybe there was something that was said that you're like, yeah, I, I, need, to, I need to think about that some more. Maybe take a moment now. I'll give you a moment. Spirit that is at work within us today. There's just so much that we can be grateful for, God. We so often forget. Lord, would you challenge us today in some of those barriers that we spoke about where we we want things and it's always the next thing or we, we criticize. And would you just teach us today, God, what it means to be grateful? And Lord, that our heart response is that we would give extravagantly to you, God. We give you our lives. We just give you everything today. Maybe there's an opportunity now. You can just recommit your life to God and say, thank you, God. Thank you that everything I have is from you. You're my source. You're my hope. You're my provider. And so often we've complained and moaned about things, but we're just grateful today. God, we're grateful for what you did for us on the cross. And I pray over the next few weeks that it would really resonate within our hearts, that we truly, truly understand. And if there's those of us today who feel like we're the the person with 50 silver coins, that we don't have much to be forgiven. And because of that, we don't really get it. We don't really understand what the cross represented. Because those who are forgiven much love much. But when we can understand that we're all forgiven much, I think our heart response would be to love much. That our worship to you would just grow in the most incredible ways. That our hearts would be open to you. That what we speak out of our mouths, and there would just be less negative thoughts, but there would be more positive words that get spoken out. Thank you, Jesus. Before we take communion, just I want to pray a prayer for anyone here today that is feeling grateful that they're here today because you don't really know God. 
maybe you've been invited by a friend or you've been coming a couple of weeks and you're going, I, I, I want to recognize Jesus today in my life. His hand has been upon me and I want to give Him full control of my life and I just want to be grateful to Him today. So if that's you, um, maybe just so I know who I'm praying with, maybe you can just pop your hand real quick and I'll pray with you. Anyone, anyone here today? Thank you, thank you. There's a couple of hands going up. Anyone else? We're going to pray this all together today. Anyone else want to pray this prayer? It's a prayer committing your life fully to God and just saying you're grateful to Him. There's a couple of hands that are going up. Let's, let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, I'm so grateful. Thank you for my life. But thank you for dying for me. Thank you for what the cross meant. So that I could be forgiven and set free. From today, Lord, I leave my past behind and I look forward to a new future with you. Come and live in my heart by your Spirit. I place you, Lord, of my life. And I'm so grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's just celebrate those that prayed that prayer today. Amazing. Awesome. So. What we're going to do, uh, band will continue just to uh, lead us in that chorus. But thank you for being with us today, church. We've got a service again tonight at 6, and we've got baptisms after that. But if we can uh, just respect the moment just for a little longer, it's opportunity to be grateful, and you can just come and just grab some communion um, and just as you take it. It doesn't have to be a morbid moment. It's actually a celebration of what Jesus did for us, but it's a real heart. God, thank you. Thank you that I can be here today. As you take the communion today, it's a reminder of what Jesus did for us, and we can truly celebrate that today. So let's come and take that and then just head on out when you are ready. Thank you, church. God bless. Bye.
real special moment. Um, without ruining the moment at all, when you're ready, you can obviously just head on out, but God, we're just so grateful. Aren't you grateful? Being a special service, and let's continue that as we go into the week. Let's just be grateful, otherwise it's a stumbling block to us to enjoy life. But when you finish, you can head on out. God bless everybody. Cheers. Oh,